The SEC may be the best conference in college basketball filled with top-end NBA draft prospects, elite teams, and find out who and which team I think is going to reign supreme in the SEC coming up next on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome all. You're listening to Locked On NBA Big Board. I'm Leif Tulin. Rafael Barlow dubbed me the grinder because I watch more college basketball than just about anyone around. And with college hoops around the corner, my eyes are back on college basketball, no surprise there, to break down the SEC, which teams and players you need to know about coming up this season. Thanks for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen, or Locked On NBA Big Board, your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On NBA Big Board is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at Locked On NBA Big Board, where the best way to help us grow in this entire show, not just myself, but Richard, Raphael, Sam, and all the all the people that make this show phenomenal, the best way to help us all grow is to comment anything below. And today's question is, how many teams from the SEC will make it to March Madness? And which team do you think will make it the furthest in the big dance? In the first segment, I'll discuss the, uh, the situation of the SEC, the question of which teams will be the first, uh, the best and the first ones to qualify for the tournament and tell you how many teams from the SEC will make it into the big dance and what I would call the best conference in the country. And so people sometimes question their depth in the SEC, but often there's top-end talent. I think there's both this year, and I'll get into that in the first segment. In the seg second segment, I will tell you about which guys in, in the NBA draft fanatics you need to know that reside in the SEC conference, where I have these res, uh, respective prospects ranked in a way too early rendition of my big board, as well as guys that could make leaps to get their name called on a Thursday in late June of 2023 with impressive strides I see as feasible. And I think there are plenty because of there are many good teams in this conference that have a chance to be kind of dark horses to get selected higher than most would expect. And lastly, I'll pinpoint a few standouts to earn accolades within the conference and beyond. Let's dive right in. The SEC, to me, as I mentioned in the outset, is the best league in the country because it is both top-heavy with national title contenders and has elite depth, likely fielding seven teams reaching the NCAA tournament. The top dog are the cats out of Big Blue Nation in Kentucky, I, I rarely am high on Kentucky at the outset of the year. Um, I think they typically grow later, but this year they have an interesting mesh. Kentucky brings in and returns a, uh, a, a rare mesh, as I said, of, of college basketball's player of the year, an Oscar Shibway, returning an all-league point guard and severe wheeler, who I would list as the biggest weakness on the team. You don't typically see that, where a guy who is going to be all-conference and already has been all-conference is re regarded by someone uh, who is very high on the team as a, as a bigger weakness. And that speaks to the, the depth on the wings and up front. Then Kentucky adds a prototypical star freshman, two of them and three of D players on this team that I think may have trouble expanding their roles. Make a note of that. There, there will be more of that later of us discussing where Case and Wallace and Chris Livingston fit in the NBA draft landscape, but also where they fit in their own team in Kentucky and how that impacts where they are drafted. Case and Wallace and Chris Livingston are both very highly regarded recruits that will play the three and D roles and really provide athleticism and energy to the team. And then CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves, or excuse me. Uh, yeah. Antonio Reeves. Uh, there's Kowasi Reeves on Florida. And I, I had to think about that for a second, but Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick are snipers. They bring in two snipers and 
yet I still don't think I've mentioned their biggest X factor, and that's Jacob Toppin, who I think, it, and I've said this in previous podcasts, could work his way into being a first-round pick should he shoot the ball very well because he's got through-the-roof athleticism. He plays a very crucial role in the NBA, which is shooting, sliding his feet, switching, and and athletic being athletic in different facets of the game, both in transition where you get to show off that elite run and jump athleticism, but also he slides his feet well. He's a good defender. And if he shoots the ball well, I think he's got a chance to be a late first-round pick that no one sees coming, and I'll get to hit more on him later. And they also have perhaps the best athlete on Kentucky I still haven't mentioned. That's Damian Collins, who is a, a very highly regarded prospect last year, came in, kind of struggled. Oscar Sheway obviously made it hard for him to get as much playing time and in the position that I think he would rather play. And he's grown into his body a little bit. The athleticism is still there. That's an extremely deep team. And Kentucky, not only are they the best team in the SEC, I mean, I think they're the third best team in a country when I think about it realistically. I would say Baylor and Houston are, are, are two teams that I trust a little more. And I put Kentucky just a touch ahead of Gonzaga and North Carolina in my top five. Next up, maybe the most exciting team in the country with an influx of talent coming to Fayetteville. Arkansas brings in Nick Smith, Anthony Black, and Jordan Walsh, all of whom I'll speak about in the next segment about the NBA draft prospects within the SEC. But also they brought in multiple transfers, such as Ricky Council, Trayvon Brazil, and they have a few stalwarts remaining on their back-to-back Elite Eight runs under Eric Musselman. Arkansas needs to learn how to play together and who is the man like they knew the answer to the past years with J.D. Note and Jalen Williams being the, the dynamic duo. I think the, the Hogs can be a top 10 team. They can be a final four team, but they also have a little bit lower of a, of a uh, floor because they need to figure out how to play together. They've got youth and inexperience. I've seen talented teams like this fall apart and, and short and, and come up short in terms of their expectations of how far they can go because the expectations are otherworldly, but the team is too youthful and inexperienced. I've heard really great things about Nick Smith being a leader wise beyond his years as a freshman who's dubbed likely to be a top 10 pick. Some have him in the top five, some even at three. Um, if, if he's able to lead this team and, and be step up and be that man, they've got all the capacity to have a team where they've got the size, they've got the speed, they, they have what works in modern basketball. If they shoot the ball well, that's also very helpful. And they've got the individual talent, that's for sure. They're my number two in the SEC. In third place comes the Tennessee Volunteers, who've had great regular season success in the past few years, and they had it again last year, but will look to sustain their success into the big dance. They returned two of their three of their fabulous diminutive backcourt that was incredible at ball pressuring, but they lost probably their best in Kennedy Chandler, who is now on the Memphis Grizzlies doing bigger things in the state of Tennessee. The veteran presence of Santiago Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James paired with big-time standouts during certain stretches of the season. Zakai Ziegler, who's the diminutive guard that I think is set to take a large leap on this Tennessee volunteer team with Kennedy Chandler moving on to the NBA. And then Olivia uh, Kamwa, who, who Olivier Kamwa got hurt last year, and he was really coming into his own before he got hurt. He's a power forward. He's French, and I, I think he could be – close to a double-double guy and then what will be an egalitarian attack where there's going to be a lot of players trying to score baskets for this team. But I think defense will be the name of the game for them. Julian Phillips is an incoming freshman who's interesting. It's hard for hard for guys on Tennessee uh, as an incoming freshman to really stand out and be a, a top-tier scorer. We saw this with Brandon Huntley Hatfield last year where he was a highly regarded recruit. He's transferred to Louisville now. 
I mean, it's just hard to find a way to be that lead scorer on a team that has veterans and is super egalitarian in their approach. So I think he can be impactful, but I just don't expect him to necessarily fill out the stat sheet in a way that some top 20 prospects do. Um, their, their question is, can they be as good defensively as they have been in years past, which became their MO? And I project them as a top five seed in the tournament with a sweet 16 ceiling. Uh, Kentucky, I told you, is a final four team in my eyes, and Arkansas has final four potential. Um, making the Elite Eight three straight years would be pretty impressive, but I, I think they've got the capacity to do so, and they'll be a top top four seed in the tournament. At number four, the Florida Gators, I believe, will surprise many with new coach Todd Golden, who's one of my favorite coaches. I'd watched him very closely when he was at San Francisco because I, I have a friend who is uh, on the uh, basketball operations staff at San Francisco, and I'd often watch their games, and and uh, he wouldn't give me any game plans, much to my chagrin, and credit to him not doing that. But uh, I, I often would try to say, like, man, this this guy's phenomenal. This is this has gone on for a few years where I, I thought Golden – prepared his team better than most, and they were able to execute to beyond their ability. They beat Virginia a couple of years ago in a team that Virginia won the ACC. And uh, and that was early in the season. And, you know, you, you have these little uh, things that say, well, here's the caveat. But that was really impressive, and it stuck with me. Todd Golden, I'm a huge believer. Now he's got SEC talent around him. He's got an all-SEC caliber big in Colin Castleton, who brings he's a double-double machine, brings in a bevy of guards with experience, and more importantly, experience excelling in college play such as Kyle Loft and Kowasi Reeves, Alex Fudge and Fudge was an emergent player for LSU and you know he's going to be a successful story transitioning within the SEC. Uh, he's a great athlete and could make himself a name. We'll see if he cracks the list next about the top prospects. Florida will make the tournament and uh, I haven't seen too many prognostications having them make the tournament as a top eight seed. That's exactly what I have them doing. I have them as a top seven seed, could see them as a six seed. And they could be a dark horse with veteran guards and a star big. And they should be able to shoot the ball well as well. They'll need to gel early in order to make that ranking higher. But I think they're going to get better as they enter SEC play. But it's hard to really excel in SEC play because it's such a good conference, both top-heavy and in terms of the depth. At number five, I've got Alabama. Alabama, with their high-octane offense, replaces some talent with like or better talent will have no problem scoring. That's always the case for the Crimson Tide. The question becomes, does the amalgamation of talent coalesce into winning games? That's a good question. Jaden Bradley, Mark Sears, Brandon Miller, Charles Bidiaco all figure to play prominent roles. And then Javon Kinnerly could return and add a vet. Uh, same with Noah Gurley. He may come off the bench. He's a transfer from Fordham from a while ago. And he's a uh, – sorry, excuse me, um, Furman, not Fordham. And uh, I, I'm curious to see what the, those two vets can do with this youthful, talented team. Uh, I believe Brandon Miller will thrive and present the title true option as a top option, make them a dangerous tournament team. Uh, so those are my top five, but I'll give you two other teams I think make the tournament because I said there would be seven, and I want to hear what you guys say on YouTube. And that, remember, that's the question. I believe both Auburn, who replaces uh, SEC front court, all SEC front court of Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler with Janai Broom and Johan Traore, will make the tournament using pace and defense to threaten to be a top seven seed in the tournament and could finish in the top five of the SEC. I really believe in Bruce Pearl, what he does. They play fast. They usually start fast out of the gates and succeed, and they've tailed off a little bit. It's all on their guards how well they can play without a superstar in Jabari Smith scoring buckets for them. 
And I think Texas A&M may surprise some, but Buzz Williams and co played phenomenal basketball down the stretch and nearly stole a bid to make the tournament following game short, losing to the Volunteers in the SEC championship game. Look for Henry Coleman to break out and Tyrese Radford to play a big role as well. I think all seven of these teams will be dancing, and many NBA teams will be dancing with joy should they land some of the elite talent in the SEC in the NBA draft. And in the second segment, we'll talk about those many elite prospects headlining the SEC, who will be picked early in the NBA draft. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. You ever thought, man, I wish I could play fantasy sports and win win well now you can you, you can win fa- in fantasy sports and you can do it at prize picks i've played at prize picks and you can cho- you can choose will justin verlander have more than 6.5 strikeouts in his starts in the mlb playoffs which which in years past has been a great pit a great pick um or or with the nba season around the corner you can select more or less on how many points lebron will score on opening night it's easy to play fun and you can win legitimate sums of cash all you do is pick two to five players, and if they will score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download, and you can choose in between that. There's there's multiple plays. There's, it's, it's, uh, you can choose two out of three. If you want to choose three and you're feeling safe, you can have two out of three be the option. And if you get two out of three where you choose more or less, you can still win. And there's certain ways to make money with more and up to 10 times, as they said. And download PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give, us a, you, give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't, pr- don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Welcome back into Locked on NBA Big Board. I'm Leif Tulane, and the SEC doesn't lack for any talent, as I've described. And many of these guys that you'll hear tearing up the SEC, carrying their teams to further heights in the SEC and helping them reach March Madness, they'll hear their call, their names called on, SC, on draft night as well as Selection Sunday, getting them into the tournament. But we're talking about the draft now, the NBA draft. And I'll give you my thoughts on where those prospects I think could be picked highly in the NBA draft will land in in a range, not necessarily a team, but I'll tell you a range where I think they can land and kind of analyze their games briefly for those of you unfamiliar. Here are some of the impressive prospects. I'll start with the trio from Arkansas. The first selection out of the SEC, I think, will be the freshman diaper dandy, as Dickie V would say, Nick Smith. Nick Smith is a big, dynamic point guard who can play the point or a combo guard. He projects as a high lottery pick. I, I think he's he's pretty safely within the top eight. Uh, I think there's an argument made for him that he can go anywhere three through eight. I would say he's probably four through eight. I think three is, is going to be Ammon Thompson, but, you know, time will tell. Smith's very athletic. He's got springs in his legs. He's got ability to get above the rim, but he also has the guile to play below the rim and, and create for others. Um, he's got a long wingspan, which helps him play defense at a, at a level that, that allows him to play multi, multiple positions defensively, and that's really a uh, highly valued commodity these days. He can score in traffic. He makes plays in the uh, plays with the ball in his hands. and might be the most talented scorer in his class. He doesn't have the elite Jaden Ivey level of burst or first step, but he's quick with the ball and has a suddenness to his game. He has a frame that can add more weight with broad shoulders and great length. He's got an easy three-point range and a smooth jumper. 
He's got multiple tricks in his bag, and, and I think he's going to go four through eight. Arkansas is another combo guard and Anthony Black. Anthony Black is a six seven point forward almost who, who does best with the ball in his hands, but he's got a good jump shot, and he's a very good passer. Knows how to run an offense, whether he's playing point or playing the wing at the next level. He's passing is going to be a major uh, facet of his game that I would view as a positive, And I think most will as well. He's got a very pretty jump shot. He's deadly on the catch and shoot and can get his own offense as well. Black does lack in terms of the elite athleticism that separates those type of guys that at six, seven, that you're like, wow, like, man, he's a really good athlete can play with the ball in his hands. And I want to make him the, give him the keys to the franchise. I don't think any franchise is going to say that about Anthony Black. I think he's a guy that helps elevate your franchise and he makes your team better. But I don't see him as a guy that you say, okay, I'm going to hand the keys to my, my franchise over to Anthony Black because he's tall, he can handle the ball, and he can shoot. I think he's a he's a secondary option, maybe tertiary, but he's going to make the NBA. And I think he's got a chance to get into the very end of the lottery, but I would say he's probably from about 14 to 22 in the draft. So mid-first round grade for me. I, I need to see what he does uh, against the athletes of the SEC, especially defensively, which I think could be an issue. But he can shoot, he's tall, and he can pass, and that's something that will be regarded highly regardless of the athletic deficiencies, which I think deficiencies is kind of a rough word in terms of grading someone who's a very good athlete. It's just that these are the best of the best once you make it to the NBA. And lastly, the Razorbacks have a player that I, I've gushed about a number of times, um, he's a mix of Dalen Terry and Scotty Barnes to me, and that's Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh is someone who's going to be a glue guy extraordinaire at the college level and also in the NBA level. He may not score like his teammates, but has just as large of an impact on winning. He's going to press the ball. He'll likely be their best defender. He'll be able to shoot open shots, get out in transition, and help the team win. Uh, I think he could go anywhere from 15, 16 to to 25 and i think he's i think he's going to follow the mold of a guy like dalen terry almost to a t we'll move to a team that pr produces draft picks and lottery picks like just about every year and that's the kentucky wildcats they feature two one and done hopefuls in case wallace and chris livingston neither of whom i think will play the most significant role on their wildcat team because of the depth i mentioned and, and the title aspirations for the wildcats they have oscar sheba the returning national player of the year that's going to be the guy they play through. Severe Wheeler is going to have the ball in his hands quite frequently. He was an all-SEC point guard. They've got shooters on the wing, and they've got Jacob Toppin, who's going to play the four, and then they've got Damian Collins, who, you know, I, I wonder if he's going to have a role. But these two have a chance to make themselves the name. I think the interesting thing is Cason Wallace, for instance, is, is a very good defender. He's going to press the ball. The question for me is how well he shoots the ball and how well he scores individually while still maintaining – um, kind of that egalitarian approach for Kentucky, and, and does it help the team win if he tries to be an isolation scorer? That, I don't know the answer to that, but I don't know if his isolation game's quite there yet, and I almost appreciate if he, if he would be kind of humble enough to pass the ball to the guys that, that he thinks will help them win the games, and he does the dirty work almost early in the season until he develops that confidence. Sometimes Kentucky guards are thrust into an unfair spotlight because of the success of those predecessors in the NBA. Um, and, and how and I think a lot of Kentucky guards are very well prepared when they make it to the NBA, even if their college stats are more modest than some of their predecessors like Darren Fox and Malik Monk, who tore it up from the instant they put on the Kentucky jersey. Uh, Chris Livingston and Casey Wallace are both big guards who I'd be curious to see if both come out and maybe there's a transfer. Maybe both come out and they're drafted on their ability and that happens. 
but I think it's going to be very hard for them both to thrive and be picked highly because of their situation of sharing the role. And, and even at the wing position, uh, I think Reeves is going to be one of the better scorers in Kentucky because he's going to shoot the lights out with so much space provided for him by Oscar Shibway. Um, and same with CJ Frederick. So I'm curious to see where those guys go. I would put a range of very end of the lottery for Case and Wallace towards 2025. And then maybe Chris Livingston could be from 20 to 30 um, if he goes. And, and I, I'm, I'd be happy to see if I'm wrong. I think Livingston's a very good athlete and could really thrive in different systems. I, I think they're going to win. And that, that's going to help in the eyes of some, but it's also going to hurt in the production stats. So shooting will be of the utmost importance for those two. Um, I, I mentioned Jacob Toppin could break out uh, just as much as any prospect. I think he'll be a guy who's picked in the 25 to 40 range if he shoots the ball at all well, because he's going to be a skywalker. He's going to be switching screens, blocking shots, running the floor, hitting short corner jump shots. If he starts hitting threes, I, I think the, the SEC should watch out. The, the, the nation should watch out because Kentucky will be really good. And then also I think the scouts will be in Lexington watching Jacob Toppin. On less, on less successful teams, I haven't mentioned yet, G.G. Jackson reclassified and committed to South Carolina. He was previously committed to North Carolina in the next year's class, and he should have a huge responsibility on a porous team within a very talented conference. He's a stellar – he's a huge guy. He's a good athlete. He seems like a likely lottery pick. He's, he's got big, broad shoulders. He's going to rebound the ball. He's going to have the ball put into his hands. Be a – he's going to – I hate to say this, but he's likely going to be the system at South Carolina for a year. Frank Martin moved on to UMass. Uh, I, I think Gigi Jackson is trying to bring prevalence to the South Carolina program by doing so and saying, hey, this is a place you can thrive if you're a good recruit. And eventually that program will be rebuilt to where it was not too long ago, where they made a Final Four. Um, Gigi Jackson, he's got he's a power forward ball skills. I expect him to be a lottery pick who can crack a top 10 in a loaded class that breaks right. And his floor would be low teens in my eyes. Brandon Miller is a slender but talented athlete on Alabama who I expect to lead the tide in scoring. He's how he scores in terms of shot distribution in a run-and-gun offense and how he shoots the ball from three, particularly speaking of this catch-and-shoot, predicates where he could be selected. But I'm high on Miller and his kind of plethora of options going to the rim. He's got, he's got an impressive arsenal for a lanky, not fully developed wing that I, I think can really develop and, and become an NBA player. Um, I've got him in my lottery right now as we stand, um, you know, uh, more than a month away from college basketball and certainly far away from the NBA draft. And then here's some guys I'll break out. I won't go through their games too much. Henry Coleman of Texas A&M. He's got an interesting build. He's about 6'8", 245, very powerful um, rebound. I really like him. I think he's got a chance to make the NBA and break out this year. Johan Traore is a freshman at Auburn who – you know, he's, he's stepping into big shoes, but he's got the the room to grow at Auburn. Bruce Pearl lets you take shots you, you want to shoot. He's going to rebound. He'll be able to have the license to shoot the ball from three. If he shoots well, he'll have a chance. Alex Fudge, he's a superb, superb athlete. Um, he, he's a freak athlete in a sea of freak athletes. He's with the Gators transferring from LSU. And I think D, he's a three and D. A guy like Josh Minot is a, is a good example of what Alex Fudge can be. And he was drafted by the Timberwolves this past year. Uh, Damian Collins, another superb athlete from Kentucky. Uh, I think he either goes to the draft or transfers this year because there's not much room for him in Kentucky, especially if Jacob Toppin breaks out. And then Julian Phillips is a guy from Tennessee that I think he's tossed into an egalitarian offense and he's going to be asked to score a little bit, but he's got, he's got the traits 
that you can see successful NBA players having. And he will, if he can emulate them and shoot the ball decently at Tennessee, he's got a chance to be a one and done. Will some of these guys get postseason accolades with the within the SEC and beyond? Find out next, following a quick word from our sponsors. All righty, welcome back into Locked On NBA Big Board. I'm Leaf Tulane, and this has been a college basketball heavy show. And this part is the college basketball accolades uh, for some of these SEC guys. So I'll start from the top, the SEC Player of the Year. Uh, Oscar Shibway is the easy pick, and I think Oscar Shibway is my pick. Colin Castleton from Florida could surprise me. He's a double-double waiting to happen, much like Shibway. I, I would take Shibway because he'll get more double-doubles. I think Castleton may, may score more than Shibway this year on a Florida team that surprises. So don't be surprised if Colin Castleton make, put, puts Oscar Shibway in a bit of a race rather than a, a runaway race last year that he had. Uh, the first team in the SEC for me. I've got Oscar Shibway, Colin Castleton. If I were allowed more bigs, I might take Janai Broom, a transfer from Moorhead State. Moorhead, he, he played against Murray State in the OVC championship game and had 36 and 16 or 36 and 14 in a phenomenal game in the championship. And big time players made big time plays and big time moments. And this guy is going to be a, a really good big for Auburn. I think Bruce Pearl found himself a gem replacing Walker Kessler, who's now on Jazz. Uh, and Jabari Smith, obviously, now on the Rockets. So, Johan Traore and Janai Broom could have a chance to star. I don't think either will make it because there's two bigs already that I think are pretty much locks to be first team and, and Shibway and Castleton, but I thought I'd give that a mention. I think Gigi Jackson, I mentioned him at uh, South Carolina. I have him as a lottery grade. 6'9", broad shoulders, going to have the ball in his hands, going to rebound the ball. I think he'll average a double-double this year. I expect about 16 and 10 from G.G. Jackson. His efficiency may wane because he's going to be the primary and just about only option on South Carolina to orchestrate offense and be able to score for himself without a scheme. Um, I think Seville, Severe Wheeler and Nick Smith will be the backcourt of the first team. Severe Wheeler has been all SEC twice, once at Georgia and at SEC. These are honorable mentions this time. I think he's going to make first team. And then Nick Smith, I think, is the best player on the second-best team. Uh, that always matters to me is if you're contributing to winning. I think Nick Smith has been touted for being a very good leader, wise beyond his uh, beyond his years. He's giving sage advice to his teammates who are older or at the same age as him, and he's the most talented player on that team. So he's my fifth and final first-team selection. A couple guys, like I mentioned, I think Janai Broom, Brandon Miller, and uh, maybe Santiago Vescovi are a few guys that I would say have a chance. Vescovy is a returning first team all SEC. I will say, I didn't think he should have gotten it last year, but the Uruguayan Tennessee volunteer will have a chance to uh, repeat his title as a first team all SEC player. My freshman of the year, I'm going with GG Jackson. I think he's got the the largest role to play on a team that needs, that absolutely needs defense. Um, and, and I'm sorry, absolutely needs offense. They're going to have a defense that's going to work hard. He's going to be the catalyst to their offense. He's going to be the ignition. He's going to be given the keys to the engine. Can he score? Can he create for others? And he's going to have a large enough role, and I think he's going to excel, and he's a superbly talented player. Um, Jackson was widely regarded as one of the top players in this upcoming class, and he reclassified and still remained a top 10 ranking. That's a, typically a sign of, Okay, this guy's really good. Will he be able to adapt to the physicality and athleticism in the SEC as a guy who should be a senior in high school? That I I, I think he will be able to. Uh, that's how high I am on Gigi Jackson. 
I think Brandon Miller also and Nick Smith have a claim to that. I'm going with Jackson just because their team, his team's worse, so his stats will look better. But don't be surprised if Brandon Miller and Nick Smith uh, contend for that freshman of the year award. Defensive player of the year, I'm going with Henry Coleman. I mentioned him a moment ago from Texas A&M. Buzz Williams played some tough basketball. He did that at Virginia Tech. He did that at Marquette. Now he's at Texas A&M, and I think he's going to start building a, a, I wouldn't say a contender in the SEC, but a team that makes the NCAA tournament, and they're going to fight. They're going to scrap. Henry Coleman is the, the perfect player to be the face of that team this year. He's going to defend with all he's got. He was a transfer from Duke, and when he came into games, I thought, wow, this guy is really impactful. He transferred, and he's become a good offensive player as well as just a hustling, some undersized big, and I think that he'll – earned some recognition this year, both on the offensive and defensive end. I think Janai Broom has a very good shot to be the defensive player of the year as well, because he's going to swat shots in Auburn, maybe not quite to the level of uh, Walker Kessler last year, who blocked more shots per opponent shot than anyone prior in in college basketball, Uh, especially any two point attempt. Walker Kessler was getting that thing out of there about one out of two two times. Like it, it was almost a fifty percent proposition. It wasn't quite that high. I think it was about forty percent, and that's pretty absurd. Anyway, Janai Broom is going to be a good successor for Walker Kessler, and he may have a very strong say at getting defensive player of the year. I mentioned my coach of the year just a moment ago. That's Buzz Williams. He's transformed different programs, taking them to new heights, and I think he's got a team around him that really will will buy into a system. He had Jay Crowder. He had tough. Tough, gritty guys at Marquette. At Virginia Tech, he had more of the same. Kerry Blackshear, a couple. Then you have a few NBA players around him. I think his NBA player here is Henry Coleman, who really embodies the Buzz Williams tough, grit and grind style, reminiscent of some of those early year Grizzlies with Mike Conley and Zebo. I, I think, I think this is a really good coach, and I think he's waiting to show how good he is with taking his third team to the NCAA tournament, which is not an easy feat, especially when the teams are not power five like they are power five but they're not the the top of the power five conferences where it's a distressing thought to not make the tournament these teams aren't necessarily always tournament teams but he's made them very frequent tournament teams as appearances six man of the year trayvon brazil or uh antonio reeves if kentucky elects to take him off the bench i think he's going to start so i'll go with trayvon brazil from arkansas i wouldn't be surprised if this guy brazil makes the NBA draft as a second round pick and and he's a transfer from Missouri and he's a superb athlete. He's going to jump out of the gym. If they play run and gun, like I expect them to expect Arkansas to have the most flashy plays in the sec and maybe in all of college basketball, they're going to play fast. They're going to defend. He's going to be able to run the floor, play without the ball in his hands and be able to be a beneficiary of the speed and athleticism and the passing of Nick Smith and Anthony black and even Jordan Walsh, who I think is a superb passer. I think that they've they've got a phenomenal blend of athleticism and talent and unselfishness, and it's a matter of they can find in those games that are really close and they're slowed down, how they score in those situations matters more to me. For Arkansas, Trayvon Brazil is my sixth man of the year. Well, this has been the SEC preview and kind of diving into which players could really make an impact in the NBA someday from the SEC, who, as you can hear, is a loaded conference. Please let me know who you've got in as your best team in the SEC, how many teams you'll think will make the NCAA tournament in the comment section. Thank you all for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen every day. I really appreciate it. I know the rest of the crew does as well. And now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview. 
in 2022. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combined into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, and then you'll hear a dandy of a podcast network. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and until next time, thank you for listening. I'm Leif Tulin, signing off from Locked On NBA Big Board.